0: Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. How many of you are ready for the word this morning? Amen. The title of this morning's message is "When Faith Comes Alive." And you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this, and and. I ask myself the question, why do I go to Africa? It's because of a calling that I cannot fail to answer. But yet it takes faith. It takes obedience to step out. For for God to open doors to do what he only can do so that we can do what he's called us to do. See, uh, it's interesting because uh, I, I, I was trying to calculate how many months uh, of the that I've actually been to Africa. I think I've been there about 15 times. And each time we go, we go between two to three weeks. So do the math. Uh, it's coming up on, uh, you know, there's almost, at some point it'll be, I've spent a year of my life in Africa. And short-term missions are wonderful because you can go and, and do something significant and come back. And, and, and our goal is to empower the people there so that they can effectively serve the purpose of God to reach the people of their own nations, and so this morning uh, I want I just a scripture. It's not the key verse. You can look up Hebrews eleven six, but I want to share first First Thessalonians five twenty four, and this is really stating the fact that he who called you is faithful. There's a calling on your life, and he who calls you is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. See, sometimes, you know, when God first called me to Africa, I thought, I'm not going to Africa. <laughs> and you know, I'm thinking, Lord, I liked you, but how do I go about it? But as I opened my heart to God, He made a way, He opened the door, He established the connections. And now there's a DNA in me that has a heart for another continent. And and I believe that God put that there. And as a church body, we are making a difference. When you get to heaven, people will come up to you when they get to heaven. And they'll be from Ghana. They'll be from another nation in Africa. And they'll say, thank you for giving and supporting the work that God raised your church up to do to impact our nation. And I believe that God gets the glory for everything done. So question, we're going to start with a question, who wants to please God? Yeah, some of you are hesitant. You should go, yes, I want to please God. <laughs> How many of you don't want to please God? Okay, don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> <laughs> because we'll have a prayer line right away just for you. No. <laughs> I sincerely believe that every believer, every sincere believer has a heart and a desire to please God. See, and I think that's something in a child with their parents. I know, at least with me, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning it with my own children. <laughs> But in my heart, I wanted to please my mom and dad. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. My, you know, I wanted to please my parents. I wanted to make them proud of me. You know, there was just that in me. And I think that conveys in our relationship with God. So Hebrews 11.6 is a very powerful statement in this regard. Let's look at it. Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible To please him. We're going to stop just for a second right there. We could actually say, with faith, it's possible to please him. Okay? See where I'm going with this? With faith, you can please God. And so we want to make that a directive in our life. It goes on to say, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we see in this passage that faith that pleases God believes in his existence and believes that he's a God that wants to reward us, that he wants to do something significant in our lives. He's a good God, okay? And so let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to minister your word. I thank you for every listening ear. Father, I thank you for the anointing of your word that brings freedom, that brings understanding. Father, I pray that faith would arise in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, the Bible declares that without faith, again, it's impossible to please God. Upon further study, it's very plain that without faith, you really can't receive anything from God. Faith is the premise of receiving from God. Without faith, you can't receive salvation. You can't receive forgiveness of sins. You can't receive healing. You can't receive miracles. And and see, when faith comes alive, miracles happen. When faith comes alive, the impossible becomes possible. Understand that, okay? So this thing called faith, I call it the sixth sense, we have our five physical senses, right? Five physical senses. But there's a sixth sense that we call faith, and it is the ability to believe. Uh, in Matthew 21, 22, the Scripture says, in fact, realize that without faith, you can't even expect your prayers to be answered. And that's what we see here in Matthew twenty. One twenty-two, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Now, there's a problem because a lot of times people can be very judgmental and they can say, well, you don't have enough faith. That's why God didn't answer your prayer. And there's this whole issue of condemnation. We feel less than a Christian. We feel like, okay, I just don't have enough faith. And that's become a plague in the church, in the body of Christ. Well, we want to dispel that whole thing because you do have enough faith. It's a matter of exercising it and knowing how to use your faith, okay? And and see, so your faith has the potential to grow. You can feed your faith. It can get stronger. There's certain things you can do uh, You're not going to grow your faith by watching 12 hours a day of Netflix, okay? You you just won't do it. And uh, we're going to see that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This Bible, the Word of God is what feeds our faith. If you have weak faith, you need to spend more time in the Word because the Word of God, reading it, believing it, and acting on it is what is going to build your faith, okay? Okay? Now, now while some may take faith to an extreme uh, because of presumption, because of even foolishness, I mean, there are people that they handle poisonous snakes because they think that they're strong in faith, okay? Uh, this happens in Tennessee, of all places. Uh, well, I, I know of some groups on the. At least I read it on the internet. Well... Where- <laughs> <laughs> where well, you go to church and they have a basket in front full of rattlers. Okay, we're going to test your faith, because the Bible says if you get bit by a snake, uh, you, it won't harm you. Now, you know, I think that's a little presumptuous to think, okay, I'm going to just uh, go up to a snake, let him bite me, and see if God's word is true. No, in the event that you accidentally get bitten by a snake, as the apostle Paul did, uh, he suffered no harm because of what Jesus said that we will take up serpents and they won't harm us okay and and that but to take them up is not to pick them up and grab them or, or take them home with you because um, uh, you know if you, you die at a church service like that you just didn't have enough faith sorry about that <laughs> but that's foolishness that's presumption and so there's that extreme but to avoid the principles of faith altogether is wrong. Some people throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know what that expression is? Have you ever heard that expression before? The bathwater, it's dirty, it's, so, it's soiled. You, you throw that out, but you, you keep the baby. You don't throw the baby out, too. So it's the same with faith. <laughs> right? Some of you that infants. You don't throw the baby out. No. The principles of faith are necessary for our existence as Christians. And doubt, unbelief, lack of faith are symptomatic for a lot of people. We all deal with those times where even the apostles, they said, pray that our faith would be strengthened. And, and so because sometimes we may be dealing with something that's really taking a toll on us. So what is Faith. Well, faith is not. I, w- I grew up thinking that faith was a denomination, a religious organization. I thought that faith was a religion. What faith are you? Well, I'm Baptist. I'm Methodist. I'm Catholic. I'm word of faith. I'm non-denominational. That's the f- you know, we identify with an organization or with a church group or with a denomination, and that determines our faith. No, that's not faith at all. That's an organization. That's a church, okay? Um, faith is different than that. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And the scripture gives us a very clear definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1. 1. But the breakup of the chapter between 10 and 11 was broke up in the wrong place. Because, uh, for example, Hebrews 11.1 1 starts by saying, now faith, Okay? If it starts that way, you need to back up and find out why faith is now. Okay, if, so there's statements that preceded Hebrews 11:1 that actually are in reference to what Hebrews 11:1 is talking about. So we have to back up to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, and it starts by saying, "But my righteous one shall live by faith." Now, what does that mean? Those that are right with God, those that are walking with God, they are to live by faith, okay? That's, that's an instruction, okay? It's, it's a lifestyle that all of us as believers are called to live by. We're to live by faith, okay? And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That's when doubt, when we, you know, uh, we begin to question and, 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 and shrink back. God doesn't take pleasure in that, but notice what it says. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Now, many times the Scripture talks in reference to the children of Israel that in the wilderness they had issues, a grumbling, complaining group of people that just had a hard time Believing God and trusting God, even though they witnessed and saw the signs, the miracles, and wonders, they still struggled. And see, even though you may have experienced signs, miracles, and wonders in your life, there are times you may struggle. And it's, it's okay to struggle, but you don't have to stay in that place of struggling because he's help for you. Now, Hebrews 11.1 1, says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, okay? So it's an assurance, it's inward knowing, but yet we don't have physical proof or evidence that it exists, okay? And so that's really what faith is. Now, one example, the Amplified Bible says faith is a title deed. So you can have the title deed for a piece of property, which is actually proof of your ownership, but you may not physically see that property, but yet you have proof of it. It's a conviction. Yes, I have the property. And there are people that, they'll buy properties sight unseen. They'll say, oh yeah, I'll I'll just buy, I'll pay for that. Or you may look at it, but you don't necessarily own it, but when you purchase it, you may not see it physically, but you have the title deed that proves that it's yours, okay? And that's what faith is. It's that inward knowing, it's that assurance, that we have something that we don't have maybe tangible proof for, but it's real to us, okay? Now, we all struggle with doubt and unbelief in our life, but we can grow in faith. We can grow in our faith. Second Thessalonians 1.3 says, We are always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you, for one another, is increasing. You know when your faith grows, your love capacity increases as well? If you are growing in faith, then then there's something else that's taking place in your relationship with God. See, my definition of faith, and, and I developed this over the years, faith is a steadfast trust and confidence in God that what he said he will do. Faith is a steadfast trust and confidence in God that what he said he will do. And you can add on the end for you, that he can do for you. We need to personalize that. Faith is a steadfast trust and confidence in God and his word that what he said concerning you is true, okay? And there's, there's a lot that the Bible says about who we are in him, and we need to find our identity in Christ. And that's where faith comes in. To believe that what God has said about us is true. If God said that you're more than a conqueror, then you are. See, you need to take hold of that and believe that for yourself. Oh, I'm struggling in this life. Oh, yeah, I am. But the Bible says that he's made me more than a conqueror. Wow. So we need to take hold of that. Lord, you've made me more than a conqueror. I believe that because you said that concerning me. Okay? All right. Now, faith is believing ability, as I said. Now, we want to look at this word spark. Spark. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. Have you heard that one? Okay. Now, hopefully, this message will spark your interest to study more on this subject. Uh, now, when metal and stone come together, they are often sparks. You know, I, I have this grinder at home. And the only thing I use it for is is uh, to sharpen the lawnmower blades on my lawnmower tractor and so well uh, I'll set the blade down I put on a block of wood I put my foot on it I have this grinder and I get down and I begin to grind the edge of that lawnmower blade to make it nice and sharp and so when I'm doing that guess what happens Sparks fly and they're just these bright things they're short-lived but they fly off of that Emery wheel of the of the grinder, electric grinder, and it causes sparks. Okay, so a spark is something that can ignite something, and and I want your faith to be ignited this morning in a significant way. When metal and stone come together, there are sparks. Okay, uh, now it was Emmett Fox that was coined with the statement, a small spark can start a great fire. When I think of a spark, one of the first things that come to mind is a spark plug. A spark plug ignites the fuel that's in a vapor, uh, that's a vapor in the combustion chamber of of your engine that causes it to explode, which empowers your automobile. It's Combustion. How many of you know anything about combustion? It's a a small explosion that releases power. And combustion is necessary. You would not have arrived to church this morning without a spark. Okay, Without the spark that caused combustion in your automobiles so that you could get here. I don't know if you heard about, um, actually, I think it was several years ago. It was very dry. All the warning signs were out. Couldn't have campfires, couldn't burn leaves, and it was so dry that the trains on the track out here, when they would go by, the metal on metal would throw sparks, and all these fires were breaking out along the railroad tracks because of that. And so there were high alerts uh, for the fire departments and all that, and and uh, so uh, we haven't had that problem this year, fortunately. We've had a lot of moisture. But out west in in California, you know, we were in, what city was that, honey? Carlsbad? a, A few years ago. And there were these wildfires blazing all around us. And it's like we're going on this interstate highway, and these fires are here, these homes burning. And it's like people are just driving, carrying on their... And this is normal living in California, you know. Wow, I, c- I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Um, and, but there was one fire last October that is known as the Tubbs Fire. Did you hear about that one? It was in Northern California. It started because of a spark from faulty wiring from a hot tub of all things. Okay, And it burst from a spark and became a wind-driven inferno. Uh, thousands of people lost homes, and 22 people were killed, all because of human error. The Tubbs fire burned 36,807 36, acres, destroying entire Santa Rosa neighborhoods and costing nearly $8 billion in insured losses in Sonoma County. That's Amazing. That loss. Several fires erupted from that fire, and new sources said that the anticipated cost was going to be up to $17 billion when all these claims get in. Through one spark caused all that damage. Now, if we look at Merriam-Webster's dictionary, spark is defined as a small particle of burning substance thrown out by a body in combustion or remaining when combustion is nearly completed, okay? You don't, don't worry about that. Just think about a campfire. Have you ever been at a campfire? And one of these embers, sparks come flying out of the campfire, and it comes right towards you, and you go, oh! And it hits you, and it burns a hole in your shirt. We have these folding chairs that are cloth, and how many of you have got too close to campfire, and now it's all full of holes because... A ember from the fire, a spark from the campfire, uh, burns a hole in it. How many of you have had that experience? And you know, so so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Webster defines spark as a hot, glowing particle struck from a larger mass, especially one heated by friction. Now, there's two other definitions that I want to focus, on, and this is straight from Webster. Webster defines it as something that sets off a sudden force. Something that sets off a sudden force. And then another definition, there's actually five definitions it has listed in Merriam-Webster. A latent particle capable of growth or developing. Wow, I'll read that again. A latent particle capable of growth or developing. Now, these last two definitions, I believe, relate to your faith. Something that sets off a sudden force in a latent particle capable of growth or developing. And that's something that I have good news for you today. Your faith can grow. You may think your faith is weak, but it doesn't have to stay weak. Faith comes alive when we hear the word of God. Romans 10, 17 states, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now what's interesting, it doesn't say faith comes from having heard. Faith comes from hearing. It's a present tense. You need to be hearing the word. It needs to have a present revelation in you right now. Because sometimes we contend, as we read the Bible, oh, I've read that before, John 3:16. We've read it so many times that it kind of just doesn't have meaning to us. But we need to read it like it's coming to us the first time. Every time you open your Bible, read it like this is the first time I'm seeing these words on this page. This is the first time I'm hearing this. Because the essence of faith comes when we hear the word of God. The word of God is eternal. The word of God, the Bible says heaven, Jesus said, heaven and earth are passed away, but my word will abide forever. It's eternal. 1 Corinthians one eighteen. says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. God's word has power. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any of sword, according to Hebrews 4.12. So I I have four points for you today, and I'm going to share these quickly with you. Number one, faith in God is where our journey begins. Faith in God is where our journey begins. It's believing in an invisible God. See, faith is the capacity to believe the unseen the impossible, the probable, and the conceivable. Faith includes all those things. In John chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, it it tells us, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. No one has ever seen God. Wow. Really? The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So basically, Jesus is saying, I'm making known to you the invisible God. No man in his own ability or effort has seen God, but I'm going to make him known to you. In, in fact, I don't have a slide for this, but John 14, 49, Jesus said to Philip, how long have you been with me, Philip? He asked, Philip "Say, show us the Father. Show us the Father. We want to see the Father. He said, how long have you been with me? You've been around me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came to show us what the Father is like, okay? So we can see the invisible God through Jesus. Now, in 1 John 4, 11 through 13, I'm giving you a lot of scripture today because there's, there needs to be a foundation for this that, that we can run with. 1 John 4.11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So God's, God is best revealed through his love. His love in us. And so we may not have physically seen God with our eyes, but we see him when we begin to encounter his love. We begin to experience him experientially see you've been given a measure of faith it's a measure of faith according to romans 12 verse 3 it says for i say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as god has dealt to each one a measure of faith see if you have a measuring stick you can have a foot measuring stick you can have a yard stick it's a tool of measurement. And, and that measurement allows you to get from point A to point Z. So you have a measure of faith. You may not have as much faith as the next person, but you have faith. So we use the faith that we have to reach the destination that God has for us. Jesus said in Mark 11, after he had cursed the fig tree, they came by the next day and everything was dried up from the roots, Jesus said in Mark 11:22, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Or he was saying have the faith of God. The faith of God is the actual, really, the, the true definition of that. We can have the faith of God and operate in that. Number two, point number two, you can write this down. Faith has a voice. We speak our faith. Every time we open our mouth, the words that come out of our mouth, if we believe them in our heart, we are speaking our faith. So if you're speaking doubt and unbelief, those words are working for you. But if you speak the truth of God's word, God's word is working for you. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and so I speak. We also believe, and so we also speak. See, faith is speaking out what we believe. It's speaking your faith. It's talking it out, okay? Point number three. I'm moving right along. There is a life of faith. See, faith is a lifestyle. We need to talk about the life of faith. Faith is a lifestyle. Second Corinthians 5.7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Wow. So we don't walk by just what we physically see. We walk by faith. Faith gives us insight and understanding to things that we can't see. You know, there's some things you can't see. You can't, you know, see your Wi-Fi signal. The only way you know your Wi-Fi signal is coming to you if it shows up on your device but you can't see that signal passing through the air, making the connection from the Wi-Fi device to your phone or your iPad. You can't see it, but yet it's there, right? And, And so there's some things we can't see, but it's very real. Electricity is something you can't see, but if you stick your finger into the light socket... You'll feel it, okay? <laughs> you'll get a shock of your life, and hopefully you'll be living to tell about it. So, and so Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul had a revelation of this life of faith, and I want you to have a revelation of a life of faith, and you need to come to grips with the Apostle Paul because he narrated, narrates it so well in Galatians 2.20. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. He identified with Jesus. He said, that's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, he believed that Jesus was in him by faith. He knew Jesus lived in him, and and he lived out of that relationship with Christ. Finally, number four, we have the potential of faith. There's so much faith potential in this room. But you never know the potential until you exercise it. Some people, they just don't use their faith. They're sitting on it, but they don't use it. They're living far below their potential. And something the Lord gave me a number of years ago about faith. Faith is a means to live in this limited life in an unlimited way. Because life sets up all kinds of limitations around you. Your bank account may limit you. Uh, Your education level may limit you. There may be a lot of limiting factors that you have to face and deal with and are confronted with every day. But faith removes those limitations. Faith has removed limitations that would prevent me from going to Africa and standing before multitudes and preaching the gospel. Because there was a time I couldn't conceive that. I couldn't see that. But faith allows me to be able to do that in a way that honors God. See, once you begin to see the truth of what God wants for you in his word, your life will take on a whole new dimension. The way to enter into this victorious life is by faith. Learning the very simple yet powerful principles of faith, and then applying them in every area of your life. Mark 11, 23, and 24. These are classic verses on faith. Jesus is speaking. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what the believing is the heart and the speaking with the mouth. In verse 24, it says, Therefore, I tell you, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. What an incredible promise. See, your faith has the potential to move a mountain. Now, it may not be a physical mountain like Red Gran- Granite Peak up there or Rib Mountain, whatever you want to call it, or Mount Everest, um, but your faith can move that mountain of lack in your life, that mountain of fear, that mountain of depression, that mountain of debt, that faith can move uh, that mountain that has become a barrier in a broken relationship. That faith, your faith, can move the mountains that you're facing in your life. In Matthew seventeen twenty, there was an, actually in Matthew seventeen, the disciples came to Jesus with a little boy, who was demon possessed. And they were trying to cast the devil out of him. And they failed in their attempt. And so they come to the master and Jesus was able to do it, no problem. Uh, but in chapter 20, as they ask the question, why could we not cast him out this, uh, and, and get this little boy free from this demonic oppression? Verse 20, Matthew 17, he said to them, because of your little faith for truly I say to you if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you nothing will be impossible to you now what's interesting it's not so much the size of your faith because a mustard seed is pretty small but it's the purity of your faith Because one thing about a mustard seed, it's unlike other seeds because it has no shell. A mustard seed is 100% seed. It's pure in that sense. That's why Jesus strategically used the mustard seed as a reference, not just because it's small, but because it's pure. And it's that faith that comes from your heart, that pure faith, that childlike faith that simply believes that what God said is true and begins to embrace the truth of what God said. I want to close with a passage in Romans 10, 9, and 10. And this relates to our connection to Jesus and how we receive his forgiveness, how we receive the gift of eternal life, how we become part of his family. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So we see a combination of of a belief in the heart and what we speak with our mouth. And to receive Jesus as our Savior, It requires a belief in your heart and a confession on your lips to believe and declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, to affirm him, to accept him, to receive him as Lord by your declaration. At this time, I want you to ask the Lord what he's saying to you through this message. Lord, what are you saying to me through this message today? Maybe you've had a struggle with your faith. Maybe you've encountered disappointment. You've had some doubts and you've seen things happen and and nothing makes sense anymore. And you begin to question God. You begin to question his promises. Well, you know, there are times we all are facing challenging moments. Elijah, the prophet there's one example in the Bible that he ran and hid himself in a cave because he's afraid, he is fearful of, of what might happen. But yet God met him in that place of despair, in that time of weakness. And God will meet you if you're in that situation today. When faith comes alive, miracles happen. When faith comes alive, the impossible Becomes possible. I want you to stand together with me and you may be here and you say, Pastor, you know, I know my life is not right with God. I know there's questions, there's fear, there's doubts that I have, but I'm ready to open my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm ready to give myself to Him. Maybe you've never really done that with a sincerity of heart where you've said, Jesus, I want you in my life. I believe in you. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to extend that opportunity for you today. Or maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I've, I've kind of drifted. I'm having a difficult time, and and I know it's time to get things right with God. I'm going to have you bow your heads. And on both of those accounts, if you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me I know my life is not right with God. Pastor, I'm ready to surrender it all and to open my heart to Jesus. I'm ready to allow that spark to ignite me so that I can see faith come alive. that you hold up your hand so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to pray this prayer together for those that have raised their hands. And even if you didn't raise your hand, to pray this prayer, I call it a believer's prayer. You're simply affirming faith in Jesus. You're putting your trust in Him. You're giving your heart to Him. You're surrendering to Him and allowing Him to do what only He can do. Jesus died on the cross to redeem humanity. What that means, He paid the penalty of the judgment of sin that was against us because we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Pray this prayer with me, after me. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you and I believe that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. Lord Jesus, I put my faith in you even though I can't see you. I believe that you're real. I believe you rose from the dead to give me life. I accept you now. Come into my heart. Be my savior. Be my Lord. I receive you, Jesus. Make my life what you want it to be. Forgive me of all of my sins. Amen. Now, if if you meant that sincerely, turn to the person next to you and just acknowledge that. Yes, I meant that. Take their hand, maybe squeeze their hand and some sign of affirmation. Yeah, I I believe that. See, faith has been released in this environment right now. And before I have the worship team lead, I want to pray one more prayer. And this is a prayer that is for, for those that are believing God for needs Believing God for situations and circumstances. Maybe something hasn't turned around that you were anticipating would turn around. You need a breakthrough in your life. And we're going to have the prayer team up here. And we encourage you to come up. And, and our prayer team would love to pray with you, join their faith with you, whatever you are believing God for or standing for in faith. But we're going to pray a general prayer, a general prayer right now for you to be ignited so that your faith can come alive. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. And Father, whatever need, whatever challenge, whatever difficulty they're facing, we thank you that you provided a solution, an answer for the need, for the situation, for the circumstance. Father, I thank you that Faith is ignited even now. We look to you. We put our trust in you. We take authority over fear, over doubt, over lack, over unbelief. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now now take a moment and say, Lord, I put my trust in you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to look to you. I'm not sure how the answer is going to come, but I'm looking to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for your attentiveness to the word. Let's worship him. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.